There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 5 of Season 5 of The Expanse. So thank you everyone for bearing with us. I've been sick. I was down with COVID, so things are a little behind, but we appreciate you bearing with us and dealing with our delay. But holy cow, you got to really like mull over everything. And it's insane. That's, I don't even know how else to say it. It's insane. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into episode five, Down and Out. Emma and Clarice are trapped in a collapsing building. Naomi contends with her old family. Holden assembles a new crew on the Rossi. And Alex and Bobby make a dangerous discovery in the belt. These are all things that had me going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, this is getting intense. It is. And it's, I will tell you, because Jason hasn't watched most of this with me. He was watching when it was on sci-fi, but he hasn't watched since it went to streaming. But he came in and he's like, well, what's going on? And he was like really into it. And he's like, when's the next commercial? I'm like, oh, no, there's not. Yeah. Like, this is like, he goes, wow, this is like really grabbing you and pulling you in. I'm like, yes, yes. This is why we're very happy that it is. It got picked up and it got moved to streaming because it's like you get more. Yeah. So let's open up with Drummer Ship because this very polyamorous Belter family is watching the news unfurl about Marco Inaros and his attack on Earth, Mars, and Tycho. Drummer is obviously unhappy. I'm sure that's an understatement. Yeah, it was bad enough (laughs) before, but it just quadrupled now. When she found out about Fred Johnson being murdered, knowing full well Marco isn't behind it, or is behind it, I'm sorry, then I thought she was going to lose it. Yeah, I did too. So as I feel like her rage was starting to bubble, she receives a message from Mr. Commander of the Free Navy wanting to meet with her and her crew to discuss the New World Order. I'm watching this moment and I was just like, she's going to behead you or something. I don't think she cares. But I mean, even having her crew or now crews because she has two ships, I don't know like how in control she was of her emotions at that moment. Like she could just say, no, all of you on the other ship, I'm I'm going after him. Yeah, she was just steaming. I mean, you could see it in her eyes. She was, you could, she was kind of a blank slate, but you could see that behind those eyes, she was just burning up. Of course, she's mad, beating herself up, letting Marco go, which, of course, hindsight, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it would have stopped it. I don't think it would have. I don't think 
She could have done, the only thing she could have done was spaced him when she had the chance. And she now has to tell her her crew, okay, we're going to accept his offer to talk. And I'm thinking it's just to get close to him. But I mean, maybe she just needs to know all of his ideas and let him know that she's going to come for him one way or another. Yeah, it's hard to tell because we've seen her say that, yeah, all the belters are marked people now once Earth and Mars gets back on their feet. They're coming after every belter, regardless if they're with Marco or not. So I think she believes they're probably in a rock and a hard place, and she probably should talk to him just because. (laughs) Well, I guess we get to see how that plays out. Yeah, I could see her trying to take Marco out right then and there, but we don't know yet. (laughs) Eh, It it should be interesting how this plays, because Drummer is not one to back down no and will she find out if that naomi's on marco's ship that's another thing that had me going is like ooh, ooh, maybe a way for naomi to escape Mm, didn't think about that yeah well we'll have to put that on the back burner because we're gonna go to the razorback which had a lot going on for this little tiny racing yacht yeah because of course they're smiling on the barkeith but alex notices that the martian ship is leaving the scene and moving towards the hungaria group which is a cluster of asteroids that make a perfect hiding place hmm well sure let's follow but we'll take the long way around yeah i'm sure that'll work out great so they make it over there and they see the barth keep and it was another ship right yeah. was it their their escort meeting with a few other martian frigate and belters it's like oh crap yeah as much as alex didn't want to believe it he couldn't really deny what he was seeing no not at all but the barkeep ends up leaving and the frigates remain behind and it's like oh this is not getting better because bobby realizes that the warship were the trait yeah and mars is giving marco more firepower Yes. Jesus. Yeah. When you really wanted Bobby to be wrong. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody, I mean, she's dead right because the Admiral's about the only one that could pull this off without anybody saying anything about it. Right. And I figure that the group that's helping him, they made a deal with Marco to just go through a ring gate because they ain't sticking around on Mars, especially if the, after the Mars got bombed as well. So Yeah, I'm guessing they're going to peace out pretty quick. Yeah. But things go, go from bad to worse because Bobby and Alex are found out. Alex attempts to steer the Razorback away from danger, but their only shot would be to contact Avaslara and at least get the information out. Hmm, that's not going to happen. The signal has been blocked. So, what are we going to do? There's got to be something, right? Well, it's not exactly like the Razorback has a bunch of weapons on it. No, they have none. And, of course, the frigates, well, they do have a bunch of weapons. Because they start firing at at Alex and Bobby. And Alex is like, hold on, time for the juice. (laughs) I kind of forgot about this, that they do it when they go... I want to say hyperspeed, but, you know, just like really fast. Right. But like nobody can really deal with it because you see like the blood coming from their noses because it's not supposed to be for an extended burn. Right. (laughs) But this one was. Yeah, this was going on for a while. It was a little 
stress inducing. A lot of stress inducing. <laughs> and Alex manages one last ditch effort to save them an emergency core dump. And then we see an explosion and the Razorback kind of spin out of control into space. And it's like, are they okay? What just happened? Right. And yeah. And they scene. close right there. Yeah. <laughs> you go, no. Yeah. But really? Really? You can do that to us. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and they are. <laughs> and now we get to go to something else that was a little stressful because, of course, all of our people are in like these crazy positions right now. Right. We're going to go to the pit and you have Amos and Clarissa waking up after the explosion. She is pretty bad off. You don't know if it's because of the drugs or because of whatever else may have happened. But she's assuming that it was just a massive earthquake. And Amos is like, well, major meteor hit over in Africa. So maybe this is aftershocks. It's not like they're exactly telling the prisoners everything that's happening out there. No. And it turns out Peaches is hurt. She broke her hand, which just like, thankfully, they didn't have it like visually all messed up. Right. Because I think we've talked about this before, like when they have like the bones, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he makes like a sling for her and the prison guard, Rona, finds them and is going to open the door for Amos, but it's stuck. And she's like, I'll get help. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> leaving me. So they managed to get the door open. And Amos goes back to grab Peaches. And she's like, what are you doing? She's an inmate. She has to stay here. He's like, do you see what's happening all around us right now? Right. And he's like, listen, I have friends in high places. So your responsibility is me. My responsibility is her. She's hurt anyway. And her mods are blocked. And I almost felt like a what can go wrong moment. Yeah. So our main objective is to get to the upper levels and out of the building. Because at this point, they don't know that it's all collapsing or how bad it is. Right. Yeah. They don't know what's topside. So the three of them end up running into two other guards, Sylvan and Morris. And of course, those guards are like, what are you doing? Again, hello. Isn't your responsibility to care for the prisoners? So if you have one alive, I'm guessing the rest are dead, or at least I don't know if they even checked on them. (laughs) That's kind of messed up. Yes, it is. Every man for themselves, apparently. Yeah. Rona ends up leading everyone to the stairwell that's blocked off by huge hunks of debris. So what are we going to do? Hey, you remember that one big dude? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The one that was like super weird. All right. Well, we're going to get his help because apparently he's okay. When he's screaming, this is violating my rights. Then they open the door. He's like, hey, guys, what's up? (laughs) I'm looking going, what just happened? Yeah. And uh, hey, he's probably the only one that can open some of these since he's all jacked up on mods, right? Right. So he opens the elevator door because Amos is like, well, there's probably a service ladder in there, right? There's nothing there, which I feel like is a really bad move. (laughs) And another bad move, Amos keeps referring to him as Tiny. Yes. (laughs) He wasn't so happy, but it's like, dude, come on, you're getting out. Yeah. But they figure out potentially where the maintenance hatch might be. And it's just behind these panels on the wall, which seems rather odd to me for it to be over there. Right. If they're supposed to be working, like, how do you get to it if it's supposed to, you know, if you're supposed to be working in there? Like, just the logistics didn't make sense to me. Right. 
Okay, so I'm not the only one. No, no, it was <laughs> a little difficult for me to get my head around it as well, so I just hand-waved it for the time being. <laughs> well, Amos asked Morris to shoot a couple holes, and we can try to figure out what's behind these panels. So he shoots a couple finger holes and Tiny opens them up, and there's the ladder. And again, weird ladder that they have to try to figure out how to do this going all the way up because they're supposed to be how many levels below ground? I forgot what they said. Yeah, a bunch. So Solomon follows Tiny up the ladder, shooting a few holes. He opens them. Everybody else could climb up after. As they're moving up, you have the, I think it was, not more. was it Morris? Yeah, Morris yelling, if anybody is alive, let us know. We'll try to get to you. And you don't hear anything. Right. Probably isn't a good sign. No. But up, up they go. And of course, as they're moving up, down comes Sullivan. And Runa, of course, accuses Tiny of pushing Sullivan. And he says he hurt his leg when we opened something, right? And he's been favoring it this whole time. It was bound to give out eventually. <laughs> yeah, Except... I'm not buying that. <laughs> Right, except the fact that he happened to be out of bullets and couldn't put any more finger holes, so maybe he just wasn't useful to Tiny anymore. Yeah, that sounds more like it. Well, Rona ends up taking Sullivan's place, and the other three, Amos, Clarissa, and Morris, end up climbing up the ladder. And when they reach light, it's like, wait a second, there shouldn't be light already. Yeah. <laughs> It's because there's nothing up there. Yeah, they get up there and it's like the rest of the penitentiary is completely gone. It's just decimated. Right. So the ladder ended up getting him outside, which is great. And of course, Tiny isn't going to make this easy. He nope. decides he's going to kill Morris and then starts to choke Amos. And this is when I started to freak out. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Amos had no shot. <laughs> Right. Well, we see Peach is biting her mod, and I'm thinking, how good is this going to go? Right. And Rona ends up shooting Tiny, and Amos does this, like, back suplex wrestling move and drops right. him down the freaking ladder hole. Yep. And yep. he was so close to the end of that shaft, I thought Amos was going over. Right. Like, yeah, it, it wouldn't have taken anything if Tiny would have grabbed his anything. He would have right. gone over with him. Yeah, because as it happened, like, my heart was pounding. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, he's going down. Oh, my God, they're going to kill off Amos. I was freaking out. Thankfully, it didn't happen. Nope. And Peach's mod didn't do anything because I'm guessing she's still too doped up on the, the inhibitors. Right. But she's just sitting there savoring the wind on her face. And Rona's like, I'm supposed to have my kid this weekend. I don't know. My ex-husband's not answering me. and. Amos is like, just go find your kid. You did what you had to do. You got us out. Go find your kid. Right. And at that point, she finally just, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. And now it's just Amos and Peaches in the wreckage trying to figure out what their next move is. Right. I kind of feel like, hey, maybe you can go find a vehicle, but right. there's probably nothing there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not sure if they're going to find one or not. And it's like, all right, what? Well, what's their next move? Are they going to contact Ava Solara, try to get off world? There's so much craziness there. Yep. Yeah. It's if I had to bet, I would probably say Amos will try to get to Baltimore. 
If he can't get a hold of anybody, that's where he'll go. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only place he can go. <laughs> if it's right. still there. I mean, there's yeah, no I'm guarantee saying. that yeah. it's still there. Oh, man. I, of course, was thinking that Amos, his cup, his Timothy cup, and right. the bottle is gone now. More and that likely. kind of broke my heart. Yeah, it could be. And that's it's just like, it's all gone because the whole building is gone. Well, yeah, I guess it depends. I think they said the bomb, ooh, northwest of Philadelphia. Yeah, more than that. There's probably not a whole lot of Baltimore left either because oh, that's south so of New York. <laughs> okay. Well, who do we have left right now? <laughs> oh, we got so much trouble still left <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> Let's go to the Pella. Oh, my gosh. Naomi is walking into the canteen to find Marco, Philipson, and Corral bonding over some food. That's not quite her red kibble, but it'll do. And Marco's like, sit down, eat, have some of this, blah, blah, blah. Acting like this is old times or something. Yeah, welcome home. What is wrong with you, Marco? (laughs) Of course, Naomi doesn't want anything from Marco. Nope. And he's like, you're not a prisoner. You can move about the vessel as you please. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think I'll just get on the ship and leave. Yeah. (laughs) But no, because, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Your ship? Since he said that, I'm like, punch him in the face. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, that belongs to Philip. You gave it to him. And Philip, do you want to give it back to her? Of course, he says no. No, not at all. But I don't think he's doing it because he wants her to stay there with Marco. I think he's trying to get her to just stay with him. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. You see little signs that he might want to know more about his mom, but I don't know if it's he's got this weird fantasy that bringing her back would get the family back together again. Maybe somewhere. It's still that childlike innocence hoping. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking it is. Well, after Naomi storms out, Sin does the same because he's tired of Marco playing mind games with Naomi too. And then Marco decides to have a father-son moment and impresses that, you know, feelings are important, but feelings also make decisions problematic. Don't let your emotions get the better of you. Okay, if that's not toxic masculinity, I don't know what is. Yeah. And Marco tells Philip, and it's okay to despise Naomi for what she did. Really? Have you ever told him everything that happened? I don't think so. No. Yeah. No. Philip only got Marco's nice tale that he wove of how Naomi abandoned them. Mm-hmm. Not that he hid his son away for months before and Naomi just finally had to give up and leave. Yeah, I I mean, I wonder what's going to happen because Philip's got to find this out. I really wonder what's going to happen then. I guess we have to wait, unfortunately, for that. Yeah. Naomi ends up coming up on Sin and Sin's like, hey, you want to help me change these scrubbers? And like, it's no big deal. Everything's normal. And she just rips into him for not taking care of Philip and how Philip is more like Marco, which isn't a good thing. And then Sin seemed like he was a little heartbroken that she said that. Right. He clearly cares about Naomi and Philip, but has an allegiance to Marco. And it makes me wonder why, because we don't have the background yet. Right. Yeah, there's got to be a one hell of a story waiting to come out with Sin and all his 
connections to Marco and Naomi, and I bet it's oh. probably juicy. <laughs> wonder if it's family, like actual family, not right? just, oh. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Sin is trying to say, Marco's trying to think, make things better for the belt, and Naomi, of course, is shooting back. Marco's benevolence is built on rivers of blood. He killed millions of innocent people, and she walks away and next thing you know we see her back at the canteen finding it empty and deciding to eat something that looks like spaghetti <laughs> and then suddenly she sees hey wait nobody's in here i can grab this giant steak knife that i was going to use for spaghetti it's like well okay so she slides that up her sleeve oh no she doesn't do it right away it's not until after corral waltzes in and interrupts yeah. her because she's so obnoxious oh yeah she does not like naomi at all Apparently, she's always despised her because yep. Naomi always thought she was smarter than everyone. And of course, Naomi's like, I wish I'd been stupider. And Crawl hints at the Gamara Code, which of course gets Naomi's mind going. Yeah. And Kamal's like, nobody's coming to save you. And Marco's never going to let you go free. Again, I wanted to slap that woman. <laughs> yeah. And this is where Naomi slides the knife up her sleeve. Right. And she's like, you know what? Nobody's coming for me. They're not letting me go. Might as well make a move, right? Yep. What else have she got to do? <laughs> so she enters the bridge, calls for Marco, and he's like, I'm busy. Go away. It's like, yeah, she's going to come for you. And she is approaching him from behind. And that's when Philip grabs her and escorts her off the bridge, saying, you need to mind your manners. We're busy. Yeah. And he says, I saved your life. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. How did you save her life? Is it that he's seen the knife or there's something else? You know, and at this point, we don't know. Right. Yeah. You, you kind of scratch your head going, all right, Philip, what are you really talking about? And that all rolls into what's happening over on Tycho because Holden leaves Naomi another message. And after the attacks, he has tried to contact Amos and Alex and Naomi. Radio silence from everybody. What's going on, guys? Somebody needs to answer me. Yeah, please. <laughs> he ends up reuniting with Bull, and the pair go to Sakai's holding cell to interrogate her. But apparently, somebody else decided to rough her up a little bit. And Bull is like, I'm going to chop off your fingers and feed them to the mushroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> You have cannibalistic mushrooms? What's happening? Yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> when he said that, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But they have their eyes on Zemea because that was the ship that stole the protomolecule. And we're going to find exactly where the Zemea went. And Sakai, of course, is like, nope. Yeah. Because Marco will succeed and bring all the inners to the knees. And Holden's like, you killed Fred Johnson. And she's like, he wasn't one of us. Yeah. He's like, but he always worked for you guys. And she's like, whatever. Yeah. He was nothing. And like, I felt like for a moment, like she was going to say something else, especially about Fred Johnson. Right. But then she just like clams up again. Yeah. So Holden and Bull are assembling a team to follow the Zemea. And, of course, Bull's like, when we come back, though, Sakai, you're going out an airlock. I'm putting you there myself. <laughs> and she kind of stopped them. She's like, see you when you get back. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't sound good. No, because it does not. Yeah, she was about <laughs> to say something else, and then she says that, and you go, oh, this isn't good. Well, 
like the whole time after she shot Fred, I'm thinking, great, what did she do to the Rossi? Exactly. Something's up with the Rossi. Well, we see Holden and Bull and the crew on the Rossi and Bull claiming he can pilot it, which who knows. Right. He's like, "Eh, this isn't exactly, you know, a A freighter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So as they're trying to do, I guess they're pre-check. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say check and warm up. We have Naomi on the Pella reuniting with Sin and helping him. But as she's looking like she's mending fences, you see that something's going on with her. Yeah. She keeps looking back at that giant wrench. So you knew something was up. Yeah. And she just gets him talking and says something about the was it the Gamora code. Yeah. And she's like, is that on the Rossi? And then she knocks him out. Of course, swipes the con and calls Holden to warn him. And she's like, Marco has sabotaged the reactors. Don't fire it up. And he's got me captive. And thankfully, Holden gets this and answers it right away. Yeah, because it wasn't from Naomi. It was from Sin. And he kind of looked at it for a second and said, eh, just in case. Yeah, thankfully. Because, you know, she's like, they'll explode. Everything will explode. And, oh, my gosh. Like, again, stressful moment. Yes. (laughs) And so they shut everything down quickly. Holden shows Bull the message. And they decide, well can't do anything with this yet we're gonna have to figure this out yep and again naomi had slipped in about her being held captive by marco but sin stops the video before she can say too much more right and then sin marco and philip throw naomi back in a cell and put her on private so nobody can even hear her yelling right so i was so stressed out yeah (laughs) and i'm like oh my god okay what now right we're halfway through the season and everybody has already had major brushes with death and this i don't is not good yeah i don't know i mean granted it's like five more hours right but how at this point are they going to bring things together yeah like i don't know i can't see it right yeah they're, it's <laughs> they're in completely different parts of space so how is anybody getting together like i said i think it's possible Drummer might be able to rescue Naomi. I kind of doubt it. If he's got a freaking frigate, then he's got more crew than Drummer does. It's, oh my gosh. I'm just going to be freaked out until the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's going to get any better. I think these last five episodes are going to be edgy your seat, biting your nails and checking your heart rate. So you're not having a heart attack. Oh, great. <laughs> well, so obviously we're a little stressed out. Has anyone else decided to let us know how stressed out they are, Steve? Oh, yeah. We've got a couple of feedbacks for this episode. Let's start first with our friend Fred from the Netherlands and see if he's having heart palpitations as well. Hello, Steve, Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for DX Bombs Season 5, Episode 5. Will Holden go after Naomi or Zemea? I think he will go after Naomi, because he then also gets Marcos Inaros, and that's the big bad here. And that's also the one that decides what happens with the protomolecule. So getting Naomi back and getting Marcos Inaros, who commands what happens to the protomolecule, he gets everything. Unless somebody else is going to release the protomolecule. Why will Drummer meet Marcos Inaros? I think she still has the original plan to capture him. 
and get the reward that is on his head. She impossibly can join him. He is responsible for the death of Klaus Ashford, drummer's beloved mentor. I have a question about the pit, the big prison where Clarissa and Amos got stuck. I don't understand how they can crawl out of the shaft and the top layers are gone and still I have the impression it's overviewing the surrounding area. I thought when they got in the elevator they got underground. The only explanation I could have is that the prison was built on a hill and although you blast away the top levels, you're still higher than the surrounding area. It's a pity we probably won't see Rona Beck, the prison guard, who is played by Natalie Brown, one of my favorite Canadian actresses, who I know from the series Ransom and Frankie Derrick Mysteries. She is also in Dark Matter and The Strain, two series I didn't watch so far. I had some nice discussions with her last week via Twitter. And don't forget The Crossing, where she played Mayor Vanessa Conway. Actually the series you did a podcast about and where I started to know her as an actress better. Such a pity that that series didn't get a second season. One of the other guards, by the way, Morris, is also played by a Canadian actor called Arnold Pinnock, who I know from Travelers 192. 19.2 is a very rough police series, which has a French-spoken version and an English-spoken version, and not by dubbing, but just by filming it again, with some the same actors and some different actors. Perhaps a Canadian thing, and I know him from The Listener, the second Canadian series after Orphan Black I ever watched. I thought there would be nobody that could top Amos in his autistic and violent behavior, but this Konchak, he really topped him. If I see how the hatred of this Sakai is towards the inners, I really wonder if this series will ever have a good ending, or the books, because it's so deep, this hatred against each other. Of course, the Belters were quite mistreated for a very long time. Today is the 31st of December, so I always shoot the best for 2021. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, Fred, I definitely think Amos was outdone by Tiny there, as far as being just (laughs) completely engulfed in violence. Yeah, I have to agree. And in regards to the pit, I was thinking that the whole thing was underground, so maybe it was kind of like in a hill. Yeah. And so that that would make sense. Yep. Uh, and you're uh, wondering not, about Holden, though. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think we will see it come to that where Holden has to make a, a choice, Proto Molecule or Naomi. And it will be very interesting to see which way he actually goes. I think that it makes sense that he'd want to go after Marco and Naomi, but I feel like he's going to be sensible and go after the proto molecule. I would think he probably would too, because that's the biggest threat to everybody. Yeah. And he knows how dangerous that is. And your knowledge of Canadian actors is impressive. I did not recognize Rona from The Crossing or Dark Matter for that matter. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that was her. And a little surprised you didn't mention Bobby and Alex, but all right. I'm sure we'll hear something from you about them on your next feedback. So as always, we really appreciate your feedback, and thanks a lot, Fred. Thanks, Fred. And Steve, we have more feedback. We sure do. Our Expanse expert, Christina, has given us some feedback, so... 
Let's find out what kind of knowledge she's willing to share with us. Hey guys, this is Christina with my feedback for episodes five. I believe this was down and out. Man, Marco Anaros continues to be the hottest mass murderer ever to walk around a Martian ship. Just saying, it's very distracting. However, he continues to show his villainry through this episode by antagonizing Naomi after she rejects his offer to sit and eat with the family. Like everything is as it was before, billions of people have died. She, of course, rejects this. He plays mind games with her in regards to the ship she gave her son, the Czechs Mocha, and then son gets a heart-to-heart with dad who tells him, it's okay to feel things, just don't let those feelings rule you. We find out that guy he let die, he knew for like 10 plus years. You know that's got to be eating him up inside, even though he's not saying anything about it. And then every time he hears from his mother, she just drops absolute truth bombs on him that he would love to ignore, but I think are making their way past his very armored heart. But will it be enough? He's known Naomi for maybe two days. He's known his father for 14 years. Is she going to be able to get through to her son? I think that's the question of the episode. I love the fact that Naomi went straight up Assassin's Creed and said, well, I'm going to go down. He's going to go down. We can go down together. And she tried to shake him. However, if you notice, there's Rossi on the monitors. And it seems between that and Corral saying, we were hoping to remind you about that Augustine Gamora code. She's able to get in touch with Holden and let him know what's going on. I know there's a lot of debate probably at this moment. (laughs) Did Philip see the knife? Did he not see the knife? I don't believe he did see the knife. I believe that when she said the line or when he said the line, I saved your life. She finally put all these clues together that everyone seems to be dropping to her for some reason because that's what happens when you're smug and arrogant. And then someone takes a, what was that, a wrench to the back of your head and warn your boyfriend from making a terrible mistake. There's also the fact that there's the line that Holden did not actually check for failure on the ship. There's on the screen, he actually was doing system checks. And I think they decided to leave that on the editing room floor. They've been doing that quite a bit this season, kind of with Amos as well as he's getting out with Clarissa. Like, did the guy fall or did he push him off? And then you have Amos looking at the gun and it's zero rounds. So it shows that Yeah, once Sully wasn't useful, that guy, Tiny, killed him. Just little things like that. And I think saying the words, hey, we need to check for sabotage, was kind of rather useless as the Augustine Gamora Code is not something that can be traced. So they could have done a system check all day long and still would not have found the ship to be sabotaged because that's her particular code. I hope they go more about that code in the books, or not in the books, in the show. Because it definitely has a history to it. 
And it goes back to the ship that she blew up with Marco the first time. I did mention in my previous feedback about how this all coincides to that particular event. And this explosion of family also seems to be, I mean, the way it's just reinforced the things she ran from. And yet it's come back with such a vengeance in her life on the anniversary when it all went wrong there's some kind of cruel poetry that it would implode their relationship in this particular manner father child and mom i really like that naomi has agency and won't back down this episode although we hear some pretty good comment from from uh the the one guy i forgot his name sen about the fact that belters can't live on planets and we can't go get the wealth for ourselves how many people how many belters are now stranded without resources unable to get jobs like they showed on the second episode just so much into that i love the peaches and amos storyline i can't wait for you guys to see more of that i've already over five minutes oh crap i didn't mean every time i just start talking and i cannot shut up about this show can't wait to hear your podcast peace thank you so much thank you christina it's amazing stuff and yeah i find it very interesting that the gamara explosion seems to be coinciding with all this this sounds like something marco would plan to not only get you know to get naomi back or to take her out one or the other, whichever one he pleases. So yeah, this has definitely got me even more concerned than what I <laughs> was before, for Naomi at least. But I do feel Naomi's going to get through to Philip. I hope. Right. Yeah, we do s- kind of see that. And gosh, I just don't know. I I think it, it will, but then Marco will twist it around and he'll be back to being... Marco's puppet again. I just, I just really don't see him saving his mom. I just don't. I don't see how that's going to work. Really? Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> I have more faith hoping, in drummer so. saving uh, <laughs> Naomi than Philip. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to hope. I'll just keep saying that. I'm going to hope it's going to happen. So, yep. You seem to have caught some things that we didn't in regards to the Rossi being like all over different screens. Right. So thank you for that. Yeah, it it looked like Holden was running pre-checks, but you're right. If it was that code, they wouldn't have found it. Yeah. It wouldn't have said that there's a problem. So yeah, Naomi got a hold of him just as he was about to initiate the reactor. So thank God for that. And of course, Amos and Peaches, I want to know what's going to happen. So obviously we're going to stay tuned for that one. Yeah. If anybody can survive what's happened on Earth, it's Amos. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. There's just little doubt in my mind that he will find a way somehow to get where he needs to get and contact somebody to get him off of Earth. And get Peaches safe. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Christina, you gave us so much to try to go over. I, know, I am dis- disagreeing with you with Marco, but that's just because he just irritates me so much. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much. We look forward to all of your feedback and all of your book knowledge you like to throw at us because it's so helpful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So thank you, Christina. Thank you. 
And for everybody else who's thinking about the show, about the books, and have some information or some questions, you can do like Fred and Christina and shoot us an email or voice clip, however you want to do it, to contact us at fangirlzone.com so we can go over it on our next episode because we are super excited to hear from everybody. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about the show. They can watch four seasons and then half of season five. So by the time they're done with the other seasons, they'll probably be able to watch the rest of season five then too with you. Absolutely. Because this course, is getting awesome. And say so we of course hope you're enjoying the podcast, but we of course even more so hope you're enjoying the insane, tense awesomeness of this show. Yes. Because I know we're not the only ones. No. <laughs> and you can check us out at www.fangirlzone.com. Our contact link is on there. It's so much easier to find all the ways you can shoot us messages that way, too. And I really hope I hear from more people because there's so much happening. Come on. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean fangirl And I'm Steve. Looks like I stayed on this mud ball a day too long. And until next time.